That is literally one of the most iconic scenes I think I've ever watched of any movie. And I've seen tons and tons and tons of movies. That is, of course, one in a million for Miss Congeniality, the ending scene in the pageant, where all the girls come out dressed like statues, statues of liberty, liberty, statues of liberty, statue, statues of liberty, and um, perform for the, for the Miss America competition. Such a good movie. I'm probably going to watch it soon. It's, an all, it's a star-studded cast. Um, uh, Sandra Bullock, Candace Bergen, Michael Caine, um, William Shatner. Oh, I love it. Iconic. And I remember seeing that movie. Um, I don't know how old it was, but I specifically remember after I see it, my mom took me to see it, and then we went to BJ's after. You know, that like wholesale store? I don't know why. I remember a lot of things, a lot of weird things. But I thought that song would be appropriate to start today's episode because our first story has to do with the crazy debacle that's going on at Miss World. Um with the woman being arrested after, like, decrowning or grabbing Miss Sri Lanka's crown, which literally reminds me of at the end of Miss Congeniality when Sandra Bullock pulls off the crown of um, New Jersey, Cheryl Frazier, because it has the bomb in it, which is just crazy. But, you know, everything always goes back to some cinematic moment. But hi, everybody. Happy Friday. It is I, Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop <laughs> What? It is I, Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture, bringing you all things pop culture. We made it to the end of the week, you guys, and I can't even handle it. I'm so excited. I am so exhausted. I'm going to tell you what I did today, which was literally the most exciting thing. It might be TMI, but you know what? I'm an open book. So it's no secret that since I was like 23 years old, I started getting Botox in my forehead for, you know, partly because of vanity and also to be preventative of wrinkles, which has really worked, and also because it really, really helps um, with scorching migraines, which I do. I get crippling migraines. And... I don't know what it does. It's the, it's the freezing of the muscle or whatever the Botox does with the muscle that really, really helps. Um, and it's really helps because I'm 31 years old and I have like literally a forehead that is smooth as a baby's bum, which is, you know, life goals. But I wanted to be preventative. And I mean, I don't need it on my eyes. See, I live in SoCal, as I said. So it's like, I also really, I love, as much as I love going for walks and stuff and going hiking and going to the beach, I really try to make an effort to valley and effort to stay out of the sun. Um... Because quite honestly, that's just like, you know, you want to preserve your skin. Um, but so today I went and got my 10 units of Botox, which I was really excited about because usually I get it every two, two and a half months, which you might think is a lot, but I like to overlap it so the wrinkles don't come back. Also, I know it's time to get it when the migraines start to come. Um, ooh, excuse me. So shout out to LaserAway who does my work. But I haven't had it for four months because... I don't know what study I read and I don't know if it's actually proven. So this is all legend and this is whatever... I got my first vaccine at the end of March and then uh, last week on Saturday. Last weekend, sorry. This past weekend. And I didn't want to get any shots because I, I don't know where I read it that if you have uh, fillers or injectables, it does something. But I don't, they are I just, I don't know what, where, I don't know what myth or whatever that is. But anyways, I wanted to wait until after I got my second vaccine that I went and got all shot up. Um, but that's just me. But I, I think people... Like, everyone in L.A. has, like, some form of something in their face. Most people. Not all. Like, 90%. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe other people are just, like, whatever. And um, by the way, if you hear a little rumbling, it's my machine. But I have to wash my clothes because, honestly, I need clean clothes. Um, but that's just me. But aside from that, it's been a uh, quick week. This week kind of flew by. Um, and then there's next week, and then I'm going for a holiday, which I'm excited about because I'm going to go see my family. And I, like, really need to go swimming. I have a pool here at my building, but, you know, just being safe and everything, I don't want to use, like, sort of a shared pool. Also, I'm, like, a freak when I swim because I'm, like, splashing around like a child. Uh, but that's just me. Okay. Now I have one, two, three, four, five great stories for you guys today. Um, I actually think they're a pretty robust sort of variety, um, and I'm super excited about it. So, yeah. Okay. 
The first story of the day comes from E! News, and this is why I started, as I said before, um, today's episode off with One in a Million from Sun Geniality. Miss World, Caroline Jewry arrested after grabbing Miss Sri Lanka's crown at pageant. I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, told, it's just it's like wild that someone would have the audacity to do this. Caroline Jewry, the reigning Miss World, who Miss Sri Lanka world... Okay, actually, before I get into this story, I'm going to apologize for butchering some of these names because, you know, they're uh, ethnic names and I, I don't want to butcher it. So I'm going to spell it out. Caroline Jewry, the reigning Miss World, who Mrs. Sri Lanka world Pushpika de Silva accused of injuring her after Jewry grabbed the crown from her head at a recent pageant was arrested on April 8th. Police spokesman Ajith Rohana told... The BBC jury and the model Chula Padmendra were arrested over the incident on charges of simple hurt and criminal cause. Ch- uh, Chandimal Jaya Singhe, the national director of Mrs. Sri Lanka World, told the Colombo Gazette he, jury Padmendra and De Silva, recorded statements at the Cinnamon Gardens police station in Colombo earlier in the day and that jury and Padmar, Pad, 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 Padmendra were arrested shortly after, per the BBC jury and pod- that girl, whose name begins with a P, were bailed out and are expected to appear in Colombo Magistrate's Court on April 19th. Oh, I'll be tuning in for that. The arrest came days after De Silva was named winner of the Mrs. Sri Lanka Royal Pageant on April 4th. Moments after the crowning, jury, who received the same title last year, intercepted the ceremony to object the decision. Quote, As for the Miss World, Inc., there's a rule that you'll have to be, that you'll have to be married and not divorced, she said, according to the footage of the televised broadcast shared by Columbo Gazette. By the way, this video is viral everywhere on Instagram and YouTube. Quote, so I'm taking my first steps, saying the crown goes to the first runner-up. Jury then took the crown from to Silva's head and placed it on the runner-ups. The Columbo Gazette wrote, Pad- Padmendra supported jury in her actions. Ugh, gross. In a post shared to Facebook on April 5th, the Silva noted she is separated from her husband but not divorced, according to BBC citing the post. She also wrote that she suffered head injuries after the pageant incident. Jaya Singh told the Columbo Gazette de Silva initiated legal action against Jury and Padmendra for uncrowning her over the divorce claim. According to the publication, he is also he also said Jury refused to publicly apologize to De Silva for the incident and that De Silva wouldn't accept a written apology from Jury or Padmendra. A press release shared by Miss World Inc. on April 5th noted that Jaya Singhi would be requesting that Jury issue an apology. Quote, We are deeply disturbed and sincerely regret the behavior of our current title holder, Miss Caroline Jury, Miss World 2020. At the crowning, the press Really stated, her actions goes against Miss Sri Lanka code of conduct and premeditated regulations she is obliged to follow during her reign. We will review the aforementioned incident and we will be taking steps as deemed appropriate based on the outcome of our assessment. It later added, quote, let it be known Miss World Inc. does not sit on moral judgment. If the delegate sent Miss Sri Lanka World to compete in the national competition is legally married, she will be accepted. Pageant organizers also confirmed to the BBC that Silver's title has since been returned to her. This is so crazy. Okay, I have many thoughts about this. First of all, it is literally the cattiest thing I've ever seen. And it's like these two girls were in cahoots. And it, it's almost as if like they didn't want this girl to win. Which is obviously, because girls are very catty, especially girls. I'm not going to like, I don't want to throw people under the bus because half my heritage is Indian. But like, you know, I know that those girls are very catty. I also want to say that I think that they should strip her of her title, the girl who pulled off the crown, the 2020 Mrs. Sri Lanka. I think she should be stripped of like everything, her job and everything. And now it's on, it's on such a public stage that she did this and that like she really um, was just a nasty bully as well as this other girl. 
And, um, you know, it's also, oh yeah, what I also wanted to say was it's totally like out of date, these pageants. Like, I mean, I get it, like Miss World. I don't know. I, all I can think about when I think of these pageants is like Donald Trump and how he used to run Miss World as like whatever. A scholarship program, if even it's that. But I think Priyanka Chopra was a Miss, Miss India or Miss World, which is where she came from, as well as Ashwarya Rai, who are two very famous Indian stars, Bollywood stars. But obviously, um, Priyanka has segued into the U.S. market, Hollywood, and is married to Nick Jonas, which is fabulous. But anyways, I say all that to say, I think this was just horrifying that this happened. And this girl, Caroline Jury, should literally, like, never work again. And I'm... Um, Miss Sri Lanka, the young lady who won, should literally, like, be the president of the world. So that's my thought on that. And um, shame on you, girl. Shame on you. And if I ever see you, I'm going to rip your weave out of your hair, girl. Just preposterous. Okay. Enough of that. Second story of the day comes from page six. This is actually a two-parter, but this is the first part of the story. Bad Barbie, who you guys... um, Actually, many of you might not know who this is. Um, But she's also known as um, Danielle Brigoli, who, like, had some, like, short-lived rap whatever, Bad Barbie, B-H-A-D, B-H-A-B-I, Bad Bahabi, calls out Dr. Phil over abusive troubled teen camp. This is really fascinating. <laughs> Danielle Bad Bobby Brigoli is calling Dr. Phil's bluff. The infamous 2016 talk show guests clapped back after McGraw denied any involvement in the treatment of kids sent to Turnabout Ranch in Utah, a facility the 18-year-old rapper has described as, quote, abusive, quote, my mother signed a consent of release of information to send progress reports directly from Turnabout to the Dr. Phil show. So when you say you don't have any effing feedback from them, that's not true, Bergoli said during her eight-minute rebuttal, explaining why she believed Dr. Phil knew um, about what happened to her at the facility. During an interview with Ashley Banfield last week, the daytime star claimed that he doesn't receive updates from the guests once they leave the studio. Ooh, that's so shady. Um... Quote, she went to turn about four or five years ago and she had a bad experience. Obviously, I would hate that and we'd be sorry about that, McGraw 70 said. We're not involved in that. We don't have any feedback from them. So whatever happens once they're there, that's between them and the facility. That sounds really shady. Uh, you're just trying to save your ass, Bergoli continued. But there's too many stories and too many people behind this that you can't save your ass any- anymore. I was about to say no more, but then I said anymore like get it no more by the way once again if you guys are just tuning in the tumbling in the background is my dryer <laughs> because well quite honestly i need clean clothes um the social media personality also referred to reports accusing the facility of quote torture and sexual abuse in the video in february a colorado woman hannah archuleta sued the facility and accused a staffer of sexually assaulting her quote i go on your show to get help and you make my life worse i've gotten through those worst years with no effing help from you all you've done is add more trauma to my life the team continued Bergoli has found at least one vocal supporter in Paris Hilton who claims to have been abused at a similar Utah facility for troubled use, which then brings us to our third story of the gay of the gay <laughs> of the day from TMZ. And this is the actual story itself that the sub link is in the link on page six. Paris Hilton teaming up with Danielle Bergoli on teen um, on troubled teen campaign. Paris Hilton is linking up with none other than Danielle Bergoli, aka Bad Bahabi. Over an issue that's near and dear to both lately, alleged abuse, alleged abuse at trouble teen camps. Sources familiar with the situation tell TMZ, Paris has been in contact with Danielle recently about the prospect of teaming up and working together to spread awareness about Breaking Code Silence, an organization advocating for survivors from these types of facilities. We are told Paris DM Danielle shortly after Danielle released her own testimonial about what she claims she experienced at Utah's Turnabout Ranch, a youth facility she went to after a time with Dr. Phil's show back in 2016, which she described as a nightmare. Um, Danielle claims she was subjected to cruel treatment, etc., 
Um, of course, Paris, been, Paris has been beating to the same drum, having partaken in a documentary alleging abuse at Utah's Provo Canyon boarding school and recently testifying in support of a Utah state bill to ban mistreatment of youth facilities. The bill was signed into law and Paris was there for that as well. Um, so with that in mind, it makes sense that you want to go more with Danielle's campaign, by the way. If you need to know any more about this, watch Paris's documentary on YouTube. It is amazing. I mean, it, I mean, of course, it's it's a lot of it is centered around her. A lot of it is centered around her um, being proactive and, and breaking code silence and whatnot. But it also follows her life as like a business mogul boss, and it's it's, it's so fascinating. And if you love Paris, and you literally love it. Um, also, part of this article says Paris is making it clear that she fully backs Danielle tell him, telling TMZ, "quote." I support all survivors who share their personal experiences within the troubled teen industry, and I am proud of Danielle for using her voice and her platform. It's wonderful to see more public voices take on this industry. Paris also supports Danielle's efforts to get Dr. Phil not to place kids at the Turnabout Ranch. She says, quote, people look up to Dr. Phil, and I want to make sure the show is accurately portraying these residential facilities to desperate families and not continuing to spread the false narrative that these places heal kids. Um, and obviously the rest of the article goes on to say that Dr. Phil you know, how to rebuttal what she did, which I already read. Um, but sort of what I think about all this is I think it's great that Danielle is speaking about this and it's terrible that if she had that, if she had, if she had, uh, like, uh, went through that terrible um, sort of experience at the camp, <clears throat> I think I need some water. But she's now speaking about it and she has an ally in Paris, which is amazing. And Paris is using her platform for good. So bravo. My throat's really dry, which is why I'm stuttering. I drink a lot of water today, though. Okay. The next story... I'm going to get some water. Hold on. <clears throat> okay, I had some Gatorade. That feels better. Oh, excuse me. Okay, fourth and... Well, not fourth and final. Fourth story of the day via page six um, is page six style. The Met Gala will be on... We'll be back on this year, and Amanda Gorman may host. Okay, this is iconic, not only because the Met Gala is literally my favorite thing ever to watch, but Amanda Gorman spoke at the um, inauguration of Joe Biden. She's a young lady who wore that iconic yellow coat and um, read the poem, and she's like basically the new Maya Angelou. She's an icon. She's literally so fabulous, and I just, I worship her. Okay, the Met Gala will happen this year, Page Six has learned. The world's most glamorous party was canceled in 2020 because of COVID, but we're told it'll be back in 2021 albeit a little later in the year than usual. Vogue's Oscars of Fashion famously takes place on the first Monday of May. Uh, this year has been pushed back to September 13th in hopes that life will have returned to something closer to normal by then. Mm, I still think that it, that's a little close. I think it should be 2022, personally, because not everybody will be vaxxed. And although I know everybody will be vaxxed because everybody's basically eligible now, but yeah. Actually, maybe maybe uh, September's okay. Um, a source said it won't be on the first Monday of the month, because the, that date is already occupied by Labor Day. Even Anna Winter can't change a federal holiday, says the insider. Shady, but I love it. Um, according to our source, the magazine poet Amanda Gorman and CFDA chairman Tom Ford to act as hosts. Gorman is the 23-year-old breakout star of the presidential inauguration, who was on the cover of the magazine's May issue and the subject of a relentlessly glowing profile inside. Given her show-stopping performance at the inauguration, the theme, fittingly, will be Celebration of America and American Designers, says a source. It is unclear what the format of this year's event will be. The Black Tie Affair, which raises funds for the Mets Costume Institute, is normally fashion's biggest night and sees guests from Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Kim K, to Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and CAA's Brian Lord. I don't know why a talent agent is grouped in with, like, actual talent, but that's fine. Um, there was a virtual event in place of the 2020 event with celebs like Julia Roberts, Priyanka, Amanda Seyfried showing off their looks from home, and stars like Mindy Kaling and Adam Rippon taking part in the Met Gala Challenge. Hashtag Met, 
Gala Challenge. Um, recreating looks from past years. I love this. I think this is such, um, this, this is just one step closer back to life being normal or semi-normal. Um, but literally all I want to see is Kim on the red carpet. I just, I need that. I need it. And Rihanna, of course, too. Okay, now we bring ourselves to our fifth and final story of the day, which is like something that I'm really interested about. And actually, I think this is the first time I've ever talked about her on this podcast. So welcome, Tori Spelling. Uh, this is your inaugural debut. Tori Spelling, daughter, of course, of the late great Aaron Spelling. Um, Tori Spelling talks $800,000 inheritance. Quote, it could be worse. Um, <clears throat> okay, why is this article not coming up here? Give me one second. Okay, well, it's not coming up on this article I had pulled up here. So let me see if I can pull it up on another article. It's on E, but E only has the video. Okay, anyways, I'm, I guess I'm just going to read it, like, albeit, like, my voice. Um, Tori Spelling was on Lisa Vanderpump's show. And essentially what she was, Jeff, Jeff Lewis, who is a Bravo a star on flipping flipping out i think some house show was talking to her about her inheritance because it's it's like famously noted that tori spelling and her brother um uh what's her brother's name tori and something spelling i don't know okay that candy and aaron left them both two kids eight hundred thousand dollars and aaron spelling was worth 500 million and of course candy has, you know, the money, and she lives in the Century condo in, in um, Century City. If you guys know, if you don't live in L.A., it, it's basically, it's where Matthew Perry lives, too. It's an incredible building, and she has the top two floors, and overlooks the entire city. I went to a restaurant um, underneath it once. It's really fancy, and it's really fabulous. I was on a date. Um, Bur- Bur- Birds and Burks and something. What's the name of the restaurant? Hold on. Let me just, uh, hold on. What's it called? The... Century. Century Restaurant. Let's see here. I can pull it up because I really want to give him a shout out because it's literally one of my favorite restaurants ever. Um, Burks and... I mean, there's a B. Oh, oh, sorry. Hinoki and the Bird. That's what it's called. Hinoki and the Bird. Sorry, I don't know why I thought Burks, but Hinoki and the Bird. It's in Century City. Okay. Um, essentially, she was... Jeff Lewis was like, it's crazy that you and your brother only left $800,000 when your dad was worth $500 million. It seems a bit out of sorts. But then Lisa Vanderpump, who was also on the show, essentially was saying something really poignant, which is maybe your dad did you a favor by leaving you the money because, say, you had been left hundreds of millions of dollars your life could be very different and you could, you know, not have been the strong, ambitious woman that you have, have a career for yourself. And cause say what you want about Tori Spelling. She literally supported herself and she, she's like a hustler in the words of Lisa Renna. She's a, he got a hustle baby. So I think that that's great. But, um, it is also very, um, crazy that it's like famously like known that she didn't inherit that much, even though I know $800,000 is a lot of money. It is. But when your dad's worth 500 million, it's, you know, you know, raises some eyebrows, but hey, that's just me. Um, so those are our stories of the day of the week. That is our Friday episode, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I myself, I'm going to go have a cocktail, have some dinner, and kick off my socks and watch a movie or something. I don't know what I'm going to watch, but The Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode four is on tonight, which I'm so excited. It's on Disney+. Plus. So if you're a Marvel fan like me, uh, there's four episodes out. Well, there's three episodes out now, and the fourth is coming out tonight. Definitely tune in for that. Um, but aside from that, everybody, have a great weekend, and I'll be... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I'll be back with you guys on Monday. 
Um, you can stream my podcast, The Mistress of Pop Culture, on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox Radio, iTunes, the podcast app on the iPhone, basically anywhere iTunes stream. iTunes, anywhere a podcast stream. I'm a mess today. Word vomit. Okay, have a good one, everybody. I'm going to just shut up. Bye.